The part of the bracha of Ritzay, which is difficult to translate and difficult to understand the flow of it, is the middle. And here's how the bracha reads. Um, Be favorable, Hashem, towards your people um, and their prayer and restore the service. It starts here. V'hashev es, the part we want to focus on starts here. V'hashev es avodah lidvir beisecha, and restore the service to the Kodesh HaKadoshim, to the, uh, the holy of hel- holies of your house. V'ishei Yisraelus filosom be'avos ha'kabel b'ratzon. And the fire offerings of Yisrael and their prayer, accept with love and favor, etc. So I read it one way. It could be read uh, in, a, in a different way. The way I just read it follows one interpretation. But it could be read two different ways. So again, the first way is return the avoda to your temple, period. And the fire offerings of Yisrael, the Yisrael, the fire offerings of Israel, and their prayers, you should. Uh, we're asking that you accept with love and favor. But this can also be read just as correctly another way. Period. Return the service to your temple, and the fire offerings as well. Period. And their, pray- and, and their prayers, the prayers of Kalah should be accepted. In other words, this phrase in the middle, Ishe Yisrael, is malleable. It's not entirely clear exactly where it's supposed to go. Is it supposed to be attached to the previous sentence about re- the restoration of the Avoda? Or is it attached to the, the following sentence, the following re- request, which is a request for the uh, acceptance of our prayers? So Isha Israel, the fire offerings of Israel. What is that? What exactly is it? Is it part of Avoda or is it part of Tefillah? The Tor, um, one of the most primary sources in codified halacha, the son of the Rush, the Tor, generally a strict halacha sefer, when it comes to parts of Tefillah, um, also offers some explanations and some interpretations, and they're considered to be, you know, very solid ground, kind of primary sources at understanding what the intention behind these words are. And the Torah, uh, uh, on these words, brings three different explanations. So you have three layers of explanations on the same words. And the beauty of this, uh, as we'll we'll go about and explain it, but the, the, the beauty of the fact that you can have, um, it's almost like it was deliberate, like the Anshe Knesset deliberately uh, in, introduced a phrase in the middle of a bracha that is subject to um, multiple understandings. And the reason is because not one of them is perfect, and yet all of them together are correct, which means that there are multiple ways of looking at, of inter- internalizing, and of kind of utilizing these words that are all equally valid. And perhaps they're all correct, and they just depend on where we are and what we want to focus on, which leads to the understanding that there's a lot of like, almost personal, like choose your own adventure, personal choice within davening, even though we have set words, and uh, it's been asked for millennia already as to how uh, one can have personal expression within a set, a set formula. That's a question that deserves a separate uh, sheer, a separate treatment. But in this case, at least, we can see that even the formula itself is a bit malleable and is subject to interpretation, and interpretation that is personal to us. So with that, let's go to the Torah's three, ex- three ways of reading and explaining this. We already basically hinted at and covered two of them. 
The first one is to say that Isha Yisrael is connected back on the Avoda. So it's referring to uh, the fact that we are requesting the, the restoration of the Avoda and Isha Yisrael. The um, third explanation that he brings is what we said above, that Isha Yisrael is connected forward and is referring to some semblance of a tefillah. And the third explanation that he gives, um, in the order that he presents them, this is number two, the third explanation that he, that he gives is a bit esoteric and is highly unusual for this type of like just basic treatment of the text. Um, I'll read the words. He quotes a medrash, and he says as follows, Ube medrash yesh. And in a medrash, it's, there is the following idea. Michael Sar Hagandol, Michael the great angel, ministering angel, Makriv Nishmasan Shal Tzadikim, sacrifices the Nishamas, the souls of the righteous, Al Hamizbeach Shal Mala, on the supernal, on the altar that is above. Ve'alze Tiknu Ve'ishe Yisrael. And on this, we have the words. The Institute of the Words, Ishe Yisrael, the fire offerings of Israel. So, meaning the Ishe Yisrael refer to the souls of tzaddikim of the righteous that are being sacrificed upstairs somewhere in the in the in the upper worlds by Michael Sar Hagadol, by the great angel Michael. And that's the third explanation offered in this word Ishe Yisrael. So it's neither. It's neither going back on Avoda. Uh, it's not going forward on Tefillah. It's a separate entity. It's a separate notion the souls that are sacrificed on the altar. So what's, what's really interesting is that that sounds like, you know, kind of an esoteric, um, non-literal treatment of the words. However, the Taz, the commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, the halachic commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, Taz, Turizov, he comments on this, uh, this, this tour, and he goes through the explanations, and he finds the other two, the first two we presented, he finds them lacking. He notes that in both cases, there's something missing. If Isha Yisrael is looped together with avoda, with the service, so then what is it? Why are the two expressions of service? There's something called avoda and something else called Isha Yisrael. What is that second thing? And if it's going forward on tefillah, it's looped together with the next sentence asking for the acceptance of prayer, so then why is there an additional expression of prayer? There's prayer plus something else called Isha Yisrael. So what are, you know, how do we explain that there's a double expression here? And he says, therefore, because of the linguistic challenges, he prefers this third explanation that we're presenting in the middle of the tour, um, this esoteric notion of the, of the sacrifice of the souls of the tzaddikim uh, in heaven. So he actually writes, and this is, Mishabura quotes it, the preferred explanation of the Taz is this one is this esoteric explanation. So we really need to understand it a little bit better. But before we get there, um, I, I also want to just go back for a second the, um, and give an explanation as to what Isher Yisrael could mean according to the other two valid explanations. Mishnah also quotes, by the way, that the Gura um, prefers the, the, the third explanation which is the second one we've given. Sorry for the confusion. I'm trying to keep, keep true both to a flow that will make an understanding and better understood and also the words of the tour. So what, what I'm referring to is the explanation that loops together Isha Yisrael with Tefillah, which is actually how Art Scroll writes it. Art Scroll puts in a, a period specifically before the words of Isha Yisrael. That's how it is in the Hebrew, and that's how it is translated in the English. And that follows the preferred explanation of the Grah, 
as cited by the Mishnah Brura. So what would that mean? So what are Isha Yisrael when they're put together with tefillah? There is something called tefillah, something else called, called Isha Yisrael. Um, one explanation given, there are several, one that we'll quote just for now, is the Taz himself gives, offers an explanation, although it doesn't satisfy him completely, but the Taz says maybe um, there's two types of tefillah. There's tefillah bismana and tefillah shalom bismana. There is tefillah which is offered at the right time, and there's tefillah which is offered uh, at not the right time. Let's say too late. We have halachos as to when one is supposed to daven, and if you miss that time and daven afterwards, so the Gemara says that there is a degree of schar, but not the full degree of schar of reward for tefillah bismana. So there's two types of tefillos. Uh, I would say there's the ideal tefillah at the ideal time, and then there's a less than ideal tefillah, um, or at least the time of the tefillah is less than ideal. And that also counts. So according to that explanation, what Isha Yisrael would mean, Isha Yisrael and tefillah, is one is a reference to a, a higher level tefillah, and the other one is a reference to a lower level tefillah. Um, and that's an interesting explanation, and it's also um, comforting. It's also comforting to note that even codified within the words of our tefillah is the acceptance of tefillahs, of prayers that are not ideal and that are not perfect. I know for myself, and I'm sure many people often feel that your tefillahs are somewhat lacking, either in the time in which they're being offered, the place, or maybe the degree of, of kavana, of intent, of focus, of, of uh, um, mindfulness that we experience well or that we practice while we're davening. So uh, there's a, there could be a feeling after davening of, you know, I didn't really do it right. Uh, any davening which is short of our Ni'il on Yom Kippur can feel like, well, it's not really there. And it's a beautiful thing to consider that codified within the bracha that is asking Hashem to accept our tefillos um, on the level of accepting our karbonos, th- then we include tefillos that are not ideal. And that's uh, understood. The, the human aspect, the human experience the frail human experience that is not always perfect is already programmed into davening, and it's okay. And to recognize, recognize that Hashem accepts those tefillahs also can be incredibly encouraging. Um, so in the next uh, session, we will talk about that uh, esoteric explanation and give some meaning there.